Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Here's what DC's talking about. Fentanyl is a national crisis, and the D.C. area is no exception. But the communities bearing the brunt of it are different when compared to the rest of the country. As the FDA pushes to make Narcan, the life-saving antidote to opioid overdoses available over the counter, Axios D.C. reporter Chelsea Ceruzzo is here to tell us what harm reduction specialists say about the problem and how we can all help. Today is Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. Chelsea Ceruzzo of Axios DC, welcome back. Thanks again for having me. So fentanyl has replaced heroin as the district's most prevalent drug. You know, almost all of the fatal overdoses in D.C. last year were because of fentanyl. Why do you feel like this crisis is getting worse, particularly in the D.C. region? So to kind of set the scene, nationwide fentanyl has really flooded the illegal drug market. Reasons why range from the fact that it's pretty cheap to produce. It's, I guess, suppose easier to make and to get. So we're seeing fentanyl ends up being laced in different sorts of drugs. So people are not only becoming addicted to fentanyl, but they're also inadvertently overdosing on it. It is a strong synthetic drug. So it is a nationwide issue that we're seeing fentanyl more D.C. is no exception. So it really comes back to that big picture that fentanyl has flooded the market and it has come into D.C. as well. So it's something that I always wonder about this. Are people mostly buying other drugs and they don't know that fentanyl could be in it or it could be laced with something? Or are people like seeking out fentanyl specifically or is it a mixture of both? It's a mixture of both. It depends. When I was speaking with Shane Sullivan, their harm reduction expert at HIPS DC, they told me for the younger population, it's more likely that they're seeking out things like oxy and then it's laced with fentanyl. For older users, users who may have been using for a long time, they're more likely to know that fentanyl is in the drug supply and may be addicted to fentanyl as well. Who in the city is most affected? D.C. actually kind of bucks the national trend or what we've been thinking about when we talk about the opioid crisis over the past several years. Unlike in other parts of the country, older people are being impacted the most by fentanyl in D.C. and particularly older black men. Well, like you said, almost every overdose last year involved fentanyl. Black D.C. residents account for a majority of those opioid deaths since 2017. That's around 84 percent. But as for the older population, twice as many people between the ages of 50 and 69 have died of an opioid overdose since 2017 compared to people ages 30 to 49. And in fact, people, I believe, over the age of 70 have seen sort of the quickest increases in in overdoses. Why do you think that is? Why is that the population that is most impacted by this? 
It's hard to say. Part of it is that in D.C., you know, there's been other reporting on this, is that people may have been using for a very long time and now fentanyl is in the drug supply. And like I said, it is a really potent drug. It's more deadly. It is something that could cause a really, really harmful impact on people. So people who may have been using for a long time, they know what dose works for them. They're aware of the risks. Now you add fentanyl into the picture and they are dying from it. How has the city been responding? Um, In a few different ways. One of the biggest things that D.C. has done is flooded the market with naloxone or Narcan. That's an opioid overdose reversing drug. It's a nasal spray. Very easy to use. D.C. offers it for free at most pharmacies. You can also get it at different health centers around the city. You can receive it without a prescription. I believe fire stations, the Department for Behavioral Health, they hold workshops on how to use naloxone or on how to recognize the signs. One good thing about naloxone is that it really doesn't have harmful effects. If somebody is not overdosing and you use it on them, thinking they are, it's it's not going to hurt them. They will, of course, have to go to the hospital, but it's a really good solution. However, on the other side of things, harm reduction experts in D.C. think that D.C. could be doing more. So there is this stream of naloxone. There is this effort to reverse overdoses. But harm reduction experts say D.C. could be doing more to provide safe spaces for people to use, like like they have in New York, for example. So people can go bring their own supply. They're not being provided with drugs and use and, and professionals on hand to recognize the signs of an overdose. This conversation, I do think it's important to have it be really steeped in harm reduction. I know that one other thing I've seen in other cities is like kits where folks can test their drugs to see if it actually Mm -hmm. has fentanyl. Is that something that the city is, is thinking about doing? Yes. Thanks for mentioning that. D.C. also has that as well. Fentanyl testing strips are available. That has been more of a recent expansion um, in D.C.'s harm reduction. Again, easy to access, easy to use. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. I know that fentanyl is one of those drugs that there is so much misinformation. And like, I've read stories that say if you touch somebody who is overdosing on fentanyl, then you can have an overdose yourself. Do you believe that there's like a public education component that needs to be done to really combat this crisis and make sure folks have accurate information about this drug? I mean, that's absolutely something that harm reduction experts bring up to me when we speak. I mean, they bring up those exact examples, those stories. You can't overdose from touching somebody who's experiencing an overdose. Fentanyl is not something that you know gets in the air and can impact you in the same way. But like you said, those stories are everywhere. So people may be less likely to want to use naloxone on someone, but it is safe to use. It is safe for you to use. And I think that's definitely a piece that I would hope to see more of. 
So you also wrote a piece about how young people, students, you know, kids under 18, were seeing an uptick in overdoses in their communities as well. Your article focused specifically on Montgomery County, but this is a problem that we're seeing all over the DMV. What's going on with people so young experiencing overdoses with this? Yeah. So I wrote a piece about Montgomery County specifically, but within the next week that I had written that piece, a student at an Arlington school died of a suspected overdose. Montgomery County um, had two overdoses and one that included a death of a teenager in the past couple of weeks. Part of it is this sense of not knowing, um, according to Montgomery County officials, that kids might be seeking out oxycodone or, you know, Percocet and not realizing that fentanyl is laced within it and then dying. They're doing the similar thing in Montgomery County to what D.C. is doing, increasing education, getting naloxone into schools. They're kind of thinking about expanding the number of people that can access it. You know, one example that they were talking about is when you're in a school, the AED machines, you know, if somebody goes into cardiac arrest, they're everywhere. So why not have naloxone in those same exact spots to to help somebody who's experiencing an overdose? The past few years has really complicated the opioid crisis because of the pandemic. Um, We saw deaths rise exponentially nationwide. And part of that is because people were using alone. When they used alone, they were overdosing and nobody was there to help them. Getting back into this harm reduction space, I think a lot of experts are thinking about how do we make sure that doesn't happen again, that people aren't using in a space where there's no one to help them if something goes wrong. Well, it really harkens back to those safe spaces that you were talking about, the importance of having other people around or people who are trained and can recognize the signs if something is going wrong to get folks help quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And part of that isn't just here's a space where you can use. That's totally fine. Part of it is, you know, creating a space where somebody can come up to somebody who is a user and say, you know, do you want to focus on substance use prevention? Do you want to go into a treatment program? A lot of people go into treatment programs, leave and then use again, and it's hard to get back into it. So D.C. also is launching has launched an effort called This Time Will Be Different um, to encourage people who maybe have tried before to try again to quit. And with these sort of safe spaces that harm reduction experts are talking about, they say that those could be those places where that intervention occurs, right? Like somebody is there to say, hey, we have all these options for treatment. Like, what what do you want to talk about? Are you interested? Mm, That sounds really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going back for a moment to the point that young people are, are experiencing an uptick in overdoses, given that Children's National Hospital is here in the D.C. area and they're the leading clinic for minors in the area, do you know that if they're doing anything around combating the opioid crisis specifically for younger folks? Yeah, they have an addiction clinic, and that clinic doesn't just focus on substance use disorders. It focuses on other addictions. But in the past few months, they have seen most of their clients coming in are teenagers who are um, dealing with substance use and particularly opioids. So they're trying to work with young people to help them work through that, but also their families. I spoke with a psychiatrist over at Children's National who talked to me about trying to help families understand what to do when they suspect that their child might be using. You know, screaming at them is not working. Punishment doesn't work. It's really meeting them where they are and being understanding. It's unfortunately quite easy to become addicted to to drugs like these. A lot of health experts say, you know, you might start by taking an opioid for a surgery and then it's hard to stop. That doesn't happen to everyone. So, you know, of course, consult doctors and and talk about your own situation. But trying to tell parents that, like, their child um, isn't a bad person, we can work through this and coming at it from a place of love and care. 
So you've mentioned that D.C. has been working hard to make sure that Narcon is available to everybody. And, you know, I live in Columbia Heights. I've definitely seen people who are experiencing some kind of impact from substances. I carry Narcon on my person when I go out, but I've never had to use it. As someone who is not trained, like I'm not an EMT, I've never done a, a real training on this. What are you meant to do? Should all residents be carrying Narcon? And if you see somebody that you suspect is experiencing a fentanyl overdose, what should we be looking for? And should we actually be trying to administer it? Like, what should this look like if someone encounters this? Yeah, I would say I'm not the best person to answer that question um, because I'm not a trained expert myself. But there are opportunities to train in Narcan and, and using naloxone. Like I said, the fire department, I believe, has these trainings, DC Health and, and the Department of Behavioral Health. They do have these routine trainings. Montgomery County, when they held a forum last weekend or a couple weekends ago for parents to talk about fentanyl, they also held a training. Those are really good opportunities. Of course, you know, drug supply changes and stuff. So it's always good to just sort of keep up on what's out there and, and, and attend those trainings to figure out what to look for. That's really good advice. So I know, Chelsea, you've been reporting on the opioid crisis for kind of a while. Where are we just in this crisis? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Where are we at? As we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, um, it is that moment, like I said, to really think about where we are and how things have gotten worse because people were using alone and not having as much access to treatment options. There is sort of a, a I believe, a weekly or a monthly um, opioid report that the White House puts out that I read. And it's not great. The numbers certainly went up over the past few years. I think um, a lot of experts are thinking about the opportunities now to help people get back um, to make treatment more available, to think about ways of virtual treatment or in-person treatment, a hybrid. So it's something I'm watching. I would say the pandemic really changed a lot of things, which makes it hard to say if we're getting better at all. Well, thanks so much for your reporting on this. It's super helpful. Yeah, of course. Thank you again for chatting about this. It's important. And before you go, here's some quick news. Maryland Governor Wes Moore has halted changes to the state's vehicle emissions inspection program. The changes, which were made under the Hogan administration, sought to limit the number of vehicles that required an emissions test. So it's back to status quo. And if you're a Maryland resident, you'll need a $14 state emissions inspection every two years for cars over three years old. Meanwhile, it's taking twice as long to sell houses in D.C. as it did a year ago. As homes linger on the market, there will be an inventory buildup, meaning buyers will have more choices as well as better leverage on price and seller concessions. This inventory buildup has already started. The number of active listings in D.C. in January was 42% higher this time last year. Finally, Virginia lawmakers are stepping up protections on college campuses after the fatal shootings at the University of Virginia. The bills would require public universities to act after determining someone may pose a threat. This includes getting a criminal history and notifying law enforcement agencies within 24 hours. The legislation is headed to the governor for final approval. For our tip of the day, like Chelsea mentioned, the city offers services to people who need help with their opioid addiction. And that includes a free access helpline for psychiatric care. There's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week telephone line staffed by behavioral health professionals who can refer a caller to immediate help or ongoing care. Check our show notes for more details. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. Got anything we should cover on the show? Email us at dc at citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.
uh, workshops on how to use fentanyl. And, uh, I'm sorry, not how to use fentanyl. How to use Narcan. 